It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Hello, and thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Today's guest is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She's an internal medicine physician and author. Today's show is all about rest versus sleep. You know, with everything that's going on around us, with the elections, COVID-19, civil unrest, are we taking the time to actually do our body good and rest? Or are you just merely sleeping? Don't go away. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Thanks for having me. You're so very welcome. Look, um, in a time where we are all stressed out, we are, we're, we're anxiety is high, we don't know which way to go. There's so much coming at us as far as news and information and COVID-19 and family and jobs. There's so much coming out at us. You really specialize in helping individuals get back to that balance, uh, de-stress. Um, you, you really break down how we're not just supposed to sleep, but we're supposed to get rest. So talk to me a little bit about what you do. Well, I think you summed it up really nicely. <laughs> I've, by profession, I'm an internal medicine physician. And so for the past 20 years, people have been coming to me talking about that they're tired all the time. And about 10 years ago, I got to my own place where I was starting to feel the same way. I would go to sleep, wake up the next day, and still be exhausted. And that carried on for a while until I started really understanding that I was experiencing some signs of burnout and had gotten to a place where I was not appreciating really my need to stop, slow down, or to get any type of margin in my life. And when I started looking at it initially, you know, that's what I thought it was all about. I just need to sleep more and carve out some vacations and all these things that so many of us kind of chalk up to um, when we think about burnout and none of that worked. And that's when it got real <laughs> because, you know, when you've tried everything you, you hear and that, and for myself, even my profession was saying that I should do if I'm tired and it's not working. Then you start asking questions like, okay, am I terminally broken or is there something else right. going on that I don't know about yet? Yeah, so take me back. Were you working long hours where just life had gotten the best of you and you were just stressed out? Because we are told, you know, just get your eight hours of sleep, mm -hmm. drink more water, go take a walk. You'll feel much better. But that does not resolve the issues. Um, tell mm -hmm. me how did you land to the place where you were? Well, for myself, I, as you stated, I was working uh, extremely long hours. I was still in uh, regular practice where I was seeing people in the hospital as well as in my clinical practice. 
at the time I had two toddlers. So one was like, my boys are 21 months apart. Mm. So one was two and one was an infant. And, you know, on top of that, I was still trying to carry on the things at my home. So trying to make dinner for my husband and, and do all the things, you know, trying to keep all the balls in the air. And it got to a point where I remember coming home one day and, you know, I put my, picked up the kids from daycare. I put them in front of the TV and was kind of just trying to get a moment to myself. And I remember just laying out on the foyer floor in, in my home, in the, right, right in front of the door and was like, God, if this is, if this is success, if this is what I've been working all these years to get to, I don't want it. Mm. I was just so at the end of myself. And, you know, that was really when it started to kind of dawn on me that there was something more than just needing to get more sleep. Because as you stated, I was already doing that. I was already kind of following all the things that people were telling me should help me feel more relaxed and more, you know, um, prepared for my day. But none of that was working. And I remember laying there in that moment, and (laughs) it was as if for the first time I had stopped long enough to even inquire of God anything related to how my busy schedule. You know, I'd gotten so comfortable kind of maintaining it and managing it myself that I really had never stopped to see where rest, what role rest even played within my day. Was not practicing any sort of Sabbath. Um, really didn't think it applied to now. That seemed like kind of an old term for, you know, um, maybe if I was Jewish, I'd care about the Sabbath, but not something that in this current day and age that I needed to focus on. And God just really took me through a journey over the next five years after that of kind of reevaluating what I believed about rest and what true rest looks like. So that's a good segue. Talk to me about rest because as you practice, sleep is not rest. We can get sleep, but that does not necessarily mean that we are getting rest. What is the difference? Absolutely. Because sleep for the most part, when we're talking about it, we are focusing on the physical part of, of that situation. We're laying our body down. You know, we do it for eight hours and then, or six, seven, eight hours, however much we can, we can get in a night. And, and we assume that all parts of us will be restored in that six, seven, eight-hour period while we are sleeping. Or as some people say, as they interchange the two words, I'm going to go rest and I'm going to go to bed and rest, or I'm going to go take a nap and, and rest. And so when we only think about sleeping and napping as the only ways we can get rest, then we are omitting all of the other types of rest that are available to us. In my research, as I started looking at this and kind of looking at how the scriptures and the science both approached rest, rest is more than just the physical. It includes a total of seven different key areas of our life where we're constantly pouring out energy. And unless we're intentional about getting rest in those areas, you run the risk of having a rest deficit. So, you know, I can sleep all day long and still be depleted socially or emotionally or spiritually. Sleep's not going to fix those rest deficits. Wow. So talk to me about those seven key areas. And I'd like to backtrack a little bit because you said you can get the sleep, the proper sleep that you are required to receive, but then you still wake up sleepy. Can I will say personally, 
I don't sleep well. And so I told you earlier, you, I'm going to be one of your clients. And so, <laughs> um, but we can sleep. And is that the reason why we can get six hours and eight hours and 10 hours and then wake up and we're still tired? Like, yeah, because we did not get the proper rest that we were supposed to get. Talk to me about those seven areas. Yeah. So the seven areas include the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative types of rest. Mm. And so if you're sleeping, you are getting rest, you're getting physical, passive physical rest, but you're not getting the other six types of rest. So if the majority of your day, you know, most of us don't have labor intensive jobs, you know, our jobs are oftentimes in front of the computer, or seated for many people. And we're not doing a lot of heavy lifting and things like that. So we're expelling energy, not just in the physical, we're expelling mental energy and we're having to deal with people and their personalities and attitudes. So we're using our emotional and our social energy. Oh my and the goodness. thing is, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, doc. <laughs> That's the thing. We don't think about, okay, I just poured out, you know, maybe eight hours at a job dealing with people. Oh. How do I pour back into that bucket? That Honey, I just you are barking out? up my tree. <laughs> You're barking <laughs> up my tree. Because I'll always say, yeah, I may not be building houses. I may not be working construction, but I'm a manager. So I deal with all different types of personalities. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I am drained. Yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> I just want to look at a wall. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Make no decisions at all. (laughs) That's a little bit of mental and sensory rest right there at that wall. But you're you're exactly right. And I think that's what people have to understand. You the rest deficits you have is directly related to the type of work you do. And so the more you pour out in one area of your life, you have to intentionally get rest in that area, or it will always feel depleted. And I think that's the thing. Many of us we have gotten to a place where our primary job, the place where we pour out the most, typically the place of our gift and our talent, stays drained. And so we're constantly giving out of our emptiness rather than giving out of our fullness mm. because we haven't learned how to fill back up. Mm. Let me send you an offering. <laughs> <laughs> you is preaching. <laughs> so pass the plate around. <laughs> Exactly. I'm going to have you give your PayPal. (laughs) Wow. I'd never heard it broken down like that before. So whatever area that you are giving out, you have to give back. So it's basically you, it's spiritual. You are refilling yourself. It is. And I think that's why the enemy tries so hard to keep people away from that message. Mm. Because like I said, most of us, we are doing work. But we're doing it from our emptiness. We're tired all the time. And the place that God has called us to work in, we're doing it. Well, we keep doing it as long as we physically and mentally, emotionally can. But we're doing it from an empty place. And so that's when all of a sudden the the thing that you love to do, you're like, I'm just too tired to do it. And the enemy goes, yeah, that's what I want. You stay busy. You don't rest. You keep doing that work that you, you're doing for Jesus till you're just straight burned out. And then when you give up your calling, then, I'll, then I'm happy. Mm, and I find mm, that mm. many people get caught in that trap. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you have to be, rest is not for weak people. <laughs> rest is, a, is war, is warfare, spiritual warfare, because it allows you to be able 
to say, I understand what God's principles are related to rest. And I'm going to honor that. Yeah, that is good. That is good, good, good right there. And we have to, to step away. And is that the reason why, even though the things that we love to do, I'll find, and I'll use myself personally, I'll find that even when you're called to do something and, you, and it is your purpose, it's your calling, you're just like, oh God, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I don't feel like it today. I want to do something else. I want to do something else over here because that is going to drain me. And so mm -hmm. that's the reason I get it now. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So if you're someone who, let me just give an example. If you're someone who the work you do requires you to always be, as you put, dealing with people, you're always doing relationships and there's a lot of emotional exchange where you're having to kind of, you know, minister to people or counsel people or just manage people <laughs> for that right. matter, lead people. What happens is if you're, if you get to a point where Although that's your gifting, and it may be your calling or your purpose, but every time you do it, you get to the end of yourself because you never allow anybody to socially pour back into you, or you don't have anybody in your life where it, you can get emotional rest by just being very authentic and truthful about where you're at. Yeah. You know, you don't have a counselor or a, a friend or a therapist that you can talk to as the leader or as the person in charge. Yeah. What happens is, you can't even do it. You can't even do it anymore because it feels like too much. Right. It feels like if I have one more person ask me one more thing about whatever it is that you are normally would love doing, mm -hmm. you feel like it's too much because they're asking you basically to start from zero, which is where many of us begin at most of our time, and then to give them everything and you don't have anything left. You know, I can remember telling my husband that one day, coming home from work. And, you know, he was trying to be loving and, you know, he was trying to, trying to be a good husband. And I was like, I'm sorry, I gave it all at the office. I don't have anything left for you. <laughs> right. And that's honest. <laughs> that's the honest. It's like, I, I don't have any, I don't have any more emotional or social energy left yeah. for our relationship because I have spent all day with people who have just pulled it, pulled it and pulled it out of me. So when you find yourself in that stage, when you find yourself there and you are completely burnt out, you don't want to do it anymore, and you're tired, you're just plain old tired, what's one to do? What are the steps that we need to take? Well, I think the very first thing is to get back to an appreciation of the fact that you do need rest. You know, for myself, I, I was taken kind of through a couple of different scriptures that really helped me to kind of reframe my thought process around rest. One of the first ones was in Isaiah 30, 15, uh, 12 through 15, where it talks about it when returning in rest shall you be saved and quietness and trust shall be your strength. Mm. And it concludes with, but you would have none of it. Mm. And I had to take ownership of that. Mm -hmm. I had to repent for, I, I was the problem. I felt like if I was going to get whatever the blessing or success or whatever that thing was that I was going after, that I had to always be grinding. Mm. That I didn't, I couldn't take a break long enough to trust that God could uphold whatever it was I was building for the, you know, day or whatever time I needed to actually help myself stay healthy, mentally, spiritually, and every other way. And so that was the first thing. And then after that, God took me into Genesis for a prolonged period of time. I always say, if, if there's one book of the Bible, I probably would have not wanted to spend a whole year <laughs> going into, it would probably have been Genesis. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you think, you think about it as a growing up in the church, 
you know the creation story like the back of your hand. I mean, sure. you've heard it a thousand times. Sure. And I kept feeling Holy Spirit bring me back to this creation story over and over again. And I'm like, there is nothing else I can read here that I don't already know, or at least that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, probably like eight months into looking at this creation story. And for the first time, it dawned on me when I was looking at the portion where it talked about rest. I finally said to myself, what was man doing when God was resting? Because it doesn't talk about what man was doing. And my brain had never questioned what man was doing because all it talks about is God rested. Right. And so I was like, okay, so man's created on the sixth day. I dove into the, and I kept looking to try to see kind of what the, what the steps were in that pattern. And it um, doesn't talk about any work actually being done until the entire next chapter of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And it almost like the light bulbs went off because for so long, I had kind of had this mindset that the way it was supposed to work was you work, 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 work. And then when you've done enough work, then you've earned your opportunity to rest. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the scripture, that is the exact opposite. Man was created on the sixth day after animals were created. So mm-hmm. midway the sixth day, man was created. God spoken to man, told them to have dominion, multiply gave them a kind of commissioned them, so to speak, gave them their purpose. And then before they were ever to walk out that purpose, their first full 24 hour period was in a day of rest. Mm. And I, and it was as if I never imagined that the pattern would be that I wasn't to work to earn my rest, but I was supposed to work from my place of rest. Mm, that's good. And once that hit my spirit, yeah, that changed my entire life. Because I started to realize that for me to be able to do the things that God had truly called me to do, not just my motivation or the thing that I want to do, but the thing he has spoken into me from the foundation of when I was born and the foundations of the earth, that required me to understand that I could not do it without starting from a place of rest. That is real good. Uh, what do you say to those individuals that say they're just going to grind, 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 and they're going to sleep when they did? And, you know, we have to. <laughs> I find get there sooner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can remember a time in my 30s and my 20s that I was able to stay up all night and be up working until three, four o'clock in the morning, go to sleep for a few hours, and then wake up and then go to my full time job. I can no longer do that. My body will not allow me to do that. But I think society has labeled individuals like that, that are not mm-hmm. up all night long working on a project or not just grinding until you can't grind anymore. They're labeling them as lazy or you don't want it hard enough or you don't want it bad enough. What do you say to that? You know what? That's, I think that's really the culture, the toxicity of our culture that many people have gotten trapped into. Sure. I, I'm, encourage that I'm seeing more companies and more kind of authoritative magazines and different things now, media starting to understand that really without the proper amount of rest and restoration in our lives, we actually aren't performing at our best. We're not as productive and as mentally as sharp as we could be just trying to, as you say, to grind it out. Yeah. Grind it out, you get the scraps. You know, and really nobody wants the scraps when they're trying to, to hire someone or to, to get something from someone. They're wanting their best work. Sure. And I think for a lot of people, uh, particularly those who have any type of faith belief, to be aware that 
when you say you trust God but can't rest, you really don't trust God. Rest and trust really go hand in hand. You, if you're trusting, then you trust enough to stop. Yeah. And when you don't trust enough to stop, then you have to evaluate what is it about the situation is keeping me from, from letting go, from, from taking my hands off of it for a moment. And honestly, that for most people is a lack of ability to trust that it can be maintained if you're not the one drunk, pushing out every blessing yourself. So some tips for those individuals that are listening right now that are stressed out and they mm -hmm. are tired and they need to rest. What do they do first? And it's just not go to bed. It's just not no. go to sleep. <laughs> what do they do? Where do they start? I think the very first thing for everyone is really to identify which of these seven types of rest that you're most efficient in. That's where the basis of the rest quiz came from. I had so many patients who would say, okay, I'm tired. I, I get what you're saying, but I need all seven. <laughs> and yes, we all need all seven. <laughs> right. We already do all seven to some degree. But for most people, if you're tired, there's one of those seven that you probably have a higher rest deficit in. So I have a free assessment at restquiz.com that I have people start with to determine which of the seven types of rest you need most. Then rather than trying to get all seven at one time, you can focus your attention on being very kind of systematic about getting the rest in the one area that you have the greatest deficit. That's good. That's really, really good. So talk to me about your website. I choose my best life. I love it, love it, love it. It's just so many resources and tips um, available for those that would want to go online. Talk to me a little bit about why you created it, why you founded it, and who it's for. Really, it comes from Deuteronomy. I said before you, life and death, blessings and cursing, choose life so that you and your offspring may live. And that's what I want people to do. I want them to make some choices that lead to their best life. You know, every situation that we get ourselves into usually are a result of our own personal choices. And so if you can choose things that lead to burnout and that lead to stress and anxiety and fatigue, you can choose things that lead you in the opposite direction, that lead you towards blessing and that leads you towards a better life. And really, when we do that, it is, it does build legacy. It is something that gets passed on to your offspring. Stressed out people have stressed out kids. If you start learning how to apply some of this in your own life, you will automatically start modeling it to your children. And then we don't have a culture where everybody's burned out. We start having a culture where we are moving people towards a healthier way of work and rest. And you offer coaching, and so I know you, you're a practicing physician, but for those individuals that cannot come to your practice, um, what can you provide for them? Yes, well, there's a couple of different things, because what I, uh, one of my favorite things is I do a lot of courses. I believe that it's helpful for some people just to have kind of a deep dive. The book, Sacred Rest, goes through a lot of it, but some people need that deeper dive. So I have courses that kind of walk you through a process of getting rest in all of these different areas. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as group coaching. And the coaching includes things like rest assessments and learning how to have more work-life integration where you're not feeling like you're being torn between your family and your pr profession. 
And also one of the things I love right now that God's really had me do a lot with since I've been spending a lot of time speaking and, you know, this is my third book that's out now, traditionally published, working with professional women who are looking at how do I take my faith that I don't want to deny into the marketplace, take my gifting, my talents, so that I can turn it into books that publishers want to pay me to write that I'm not publishing myself, and turn it into talks that companies want to pay me to to come in. And so I'm spending a lot of time now working with those women who are seeing that God is moving them into something else, and they have talents, they have kind of expertise in different areas, training in different areas, that needs to be in the marketplace. And I love helping people see how to package that in a way where you are still sharing biblical truth, even in the corporate arena and not having it feel like you are, you are um, stepping on some spiritual things that they don't want to get into. I love that you can kind of be kind of agents for Christ, so to speak, where you are in there in the marketplace, bringing in God and Holy Spirit, but you never have to say a scripture to do that. Right, but you can right, learn right. how to practice the presence of God in the marketplace and have power. I, I'm sometimes amazed when I talk to women and some of the women that I coach and they come, they write back and they'll say, can I, like you said, can I, uh, can I, I need to give you an offering. I just had a speaking event that paid me X, Y, Z, and I didn't know anybody would even pay me to go and speak anywhere. I think we limit God. We yeah. limit what he can do in our lives because we can't figure it out. And that's where the resting and the trusting comes into place because you, you'd be amazed at what God can do if you're willing to really just put your yes on the table. Yeah, I was just about to say, you're, once you're rested and you can hear and you're at a place of peace and you're mm-hmm. still, it's amazing what you hear. It's That's amazing. True. Yeah, yeah. The, what he's telling you and, and guiding you and directing, he really will order our steps when we are in tune with what he wants us to do. But you can't be all stressed out and overworked and in and, and, and a pickle. <laughs> and, That's such and, a great point. Such a great point. One of, one of the, I mentioned courses, one of the courses I did this year during COVID, when everybody was losing their jobs and all this other stuff, I really felt Holy Spirit said, you know, you've, you've got an understanding of how to do this course thing that me, most people don't. They make it so hard that people can't do it or feel like they don't have what they need to do it. And you've come up with a process that you can kind of spit these courses out pretty fast, teach it to people. I thought, yeah, I'm going to teach people this. I'm going to charge $2.99 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, you're going to charge $5. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, wait, wait now, wait, wait what? a minute, wait, <laughs> rewind. I'm not a herd right. Let me go back to sleep. Wake <laughs> back up the next morning. I must I be still tired. Right. <laughs> I must not have heard right. And honestly, I went to my husband. I was like, he's going to tell me no. I didn't hear God right. My husband was like, if God said it, then you need to get busy putting it out there for five dollars. And so I, that's what I did. I did a pay what you want for mm-hmm. a course, mm-hmm. five dollars. Build your course in thirty days. Launch your course in thirty days. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to me how, and I said, pay what you want, but the minimum was $5 mm-hmm. to kind of get in. So I wouldn't have everybody in there. It was amazing to me how yeah. God used that. that I, I, I mean, the amount of money that came in thousands upon thousands of dollars that came in from that course, mm-hmm. people were recommending it to their friends. And so I received a great income from it, even in being obedient to something that seemed like it would be impossible to have an income a good income and come out of that investment of time. And then what I think blessed me even more 
was when I was getting letters from women who were like, we, you know, we, my husband lost his job. We had to apply for food stamps. I didn't even know how we were going to pay our bill. And I made my first 10, my first thousand of dollars within 10 days of your course. Wow. Just by following the simple steps of how to pre-launch and to get it out there, how to market it, how to fine tune it. And, you know, it, it, that really opened, I think my eyes more than anything else. Um, within this past season of kind of learning to trust God more as I rest. Yeah. Because I would, in my head, to have made the income I made from that, I was going to have to charge this like two ninety nine, and, you know, then maybe I can get the $10,000 investment from my time. Sure. But to be able to charge $5 and to see God turn that into thousands upon thousands of dollars. Because you trusted him. Yeah, and not just for me. Mm-hmm. Thousands of thousands, not just for me. My bank account was good, but so was theirs. Mm. That was the blessing. That's awesome. That That is awesome. When we trust him. So look, you're an author. You have authored Sacred Rest, Come Empty, and Set Free to Live Free. Can you give us a short summary on all three books and how we can purchase them? Yes. So Set Free to Live Free is my first book. Breaking Through the Seven Lies Women Tell Themselves. That was my journey of getting past insecurity and fear and stepping out into the things God has for me. Come Empty was getting past a lot of emotional hurt. It's pour out life's hurt and receive God's healing love. It's a devotional that kind of walks through some of the spiritual and emotional healing that's needed to be able to trust God more. And then Sacred Rest, um, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, is the book that goes over the seven types of rest, including the scientific and spiritual aspects of rest. And all the books are available on my website at ichoosemybestlife.com, as well as Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, all the places where books are at. So Dr. Sandra, um, breathing in is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. We talk about the issues, but we also want to provide some solutions. I want you to minister to someone that may be listening right now that's overwhelmed. They may be a single parent and they're working two, maybe three jobs. They're trying to do this virtual learning at home, but they have to be at work. And so they're trying to manage that. Um, from afar, they come home, they can barely make dinner. Um, what, how would you minister to them? What advice would you provide to them? Well, I think the very first thing I would start with, because I do have a, a coaching client who's actually, you just described her. Oh, wow. The very, the very first thing I always have everyone start with is evaluate where is it you need rest right now? Because wherever you're needing rest right now, you're not going to start feeling any strength until you address that one area. And so instead of trying to figure out how to get rest in all seven, let's say if you're feeling as if you're, you don't have any support, you know, you feel like you're, the, you're having to keep all the balls in the air at one time and maintain all of it yourself, maybe it's just start with the spiritual rest part of it. Kind of getting that relation, that trust relationship with God kind of back into a place where you feel like he is your provider and that he is able to, to care for you, even if you find that in those moments that you feel like him telling you to lay something down that now is overwhelming. I think too often when we are in situations where it's like our backs against the wall, we will stay in a place that is expired past the season God has for it. Mm. And I know for myself, there were jobs that I was like, well, God, you know, if I let this opportunity go, now what? How am I going to deal with this and that and the other? And all I could keep hearing was, you've got to trust me. You've got to get to a place 
for you trust that even if you can't see how the lamb, the ram in the bush is going to be provided, that I still have the ability of getting that to you. And I think that's where I would start, just kind of getting back to that place of, of resting in his presence. And then from there, we go out into these other things, because as you stated, sometimes some of the best revelation come when we stop long enough to really hear him and what he's saying. That is good advice. That is good advice. And that has been our time. I just want to thank you, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, for coming on the show, sharing those tips. I know you have helped others um, today, um, those that will listen today and those that will come back and listen to the show. So God bless you and thank you for doing what you do. One last time, how can the audience reach out to you? The main website is ichoosemybestlife.com. And then you can always reach me by email at support at Dr. Dalton Smith. That's just Dr. Dalton Smith. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. God bless you. Thank you. Take care.